You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Red Sox podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Jake Devereaux, joined as usual by my co-host, Matt Collins. We are here to bring you the best Red Sox coverage on the internet Monday through Friday, and we want to be part of your daily routine. So be sure to subscribe to us on Himalaya, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. This is your July 8th edition of the podcast, or July 9th, I should say. Uh, and on today's show, we are going to be uh, talking about the rumor that popped up that the Red Sox are shopping for a fifth starter, and we're also going to be recapping our home run derby predictions. Today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. All right, Matt. So uh, Ken Rosenthal dropped the bomb on us this morning that uh, the Red Sox were indeed in the market. They were indeed actively shopping for a fifth starter. What do we know about this uh, exploration that the Red Sox are doing here? Uh, Well, we know that they want to get it done soon, which makes sense because, as we've seen, they don't. They clearly don't have anybody in the organization right now that can fill that spot. Um, I mean, they have some guys that can do decent every once in a while for like three innings at a time, but that's just not going to cut it right now. Um, So Rosenthal did say they want to make it happen sooner rather than later. Obviously, that's easier said than done. You need the other team to want to do it sooner rather than later, too, and you kind of usually have to push in a couple extra chips to make that happen. Um, But the Red Sox clearly motivated. We also know... er, at least we believe, according to a Joel Sherman report, that they have been talking to the Mets about Zach Wheeler. Um, that's really the only uh, solid name that we've heard. Um, I'm sure they are talking to other teams as well, but it seems like Zach Wheeler is the guy, at least publicly, who they're going after the most. Yeah, so we know that they're talking to Zach Wheeler. We know that they scouted Boyd and Miner. Um, so those are some names. Let's... Boyd doesn't seem realistic. How come? Why do you think not? I don't think, I mean, I don't think they have the prospects for it. Well, I think we we both know that they, they do have the prospects if they want to. Like, they could feasibly get that done. It's whether they want to pay well, the price. I mean, if they want to trade like Devers or Benedendi, they're asking for, obviously this is like an initial ask, but they're asking for Glaber Torres, Kyle Tucker. I mean, they're asking for a ton because... Boyd is really good, and he has a ton of control left. They don't have to trade him, so I just I feel like the prices are going to come down enough. If the price comes down enough for the Red Sox, it's going to come down to a point where another team will beat them. Yeah, that's realistic. I think that they're going to want to get this done before that big stretch uh, of 14 games versus the Rays in uh, the Yankees, where they're going to be playing those guys exclusively. That starts on the 22nd of the month. I'd anticipate that they're going to want to get something done during this upcoming homestand. Yeah, I mean, it, I think they would like to get something done t- today, um, if they could. I mean, they, it, like I said, it takes, the other team has to want to get it done too. And I mean, for the sellers, it's beneficial, not necessarily to wait as long as possible, but I mean, they don't want to rush anything because they want to get the best return. Like them holding on to a guy for an extra week or two isn't going to make a difference for them in the long run where it will make a difference for a team like the Red Sox. So that's not to say it's impossible, but they're going to have to throw in a little extra more if they really want to rush this through. 
And Zach Wheeler's a quality arm. We should talk a little bit about what he offers. Um, last year, obviously, was a career year for him. If you followed what he did, um, he finished the year with a 3.31 ERA, struck out almost a batter per inning, um, had 29 starts, so he was very durable last year. Um, this year, he's on a similar path. He's got 19 uh, starts made already. He's striking out over uh, a batter per nine innings, almost 10 batters per nine, actually. Um, but the results haven't been quite as good. He's got a 4.69 ERA, but when you dig into that a little bit, he's actually got an identical XFIP to what he had last year, and he's pitching pretty well. So, so I think it would be a very quality addition to the staff. Yeah, I mean, assuming somebody like Boyd isn't realistic, um, I think Wheeler, Wheeler's probably the tier of guy that they should be going to. Um, I don't like he's by DRA, he's been near elite uh, the last couple of years. I'm not that high on him. Um, but, I mean, I think he would – I mean, there's a chance he could be their third starter um, in this rotation, which might say a little bit more about Porcello and Rodriguez than anything else. But, I mean, that's – he's good. He's going to – I mean, it's going to hurt a little bit, but it's not – he's a free agent at the end of the year, I believe. Is that he right? Is. Yeah, he is. Yeah, so, I mean, that's going to – bring his cost down somewhat significantly. So, I mean, it's somebody in their price range is somebody that would clearly uh, make their roster significantly better. So, I mean, he he makes a ton of sense as the most logical target. Yeah, the, the only thing I'd say is the flip side of this whole equation is that if the price for a guy like Boyd or, or one of the other starters that they're looking at doesn't necessarily have to be Boyd, but one of the other starters that they're looking at that might have control after this year um, considering the Red Sox have made it pretty clear that they're going to let Porcello walk, it, if if Dombrowski is going to spend the prospect capital, he might prefer to spend it on a guy who's going to be able to control post this year and kind of fill that off-season need already. I don't know who else it is, though. I mean, I've like I said, I don't think the problem with Boyd is that the Red Sox won't give up what it takes. I just don't think they'll have what it takes. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see um, what ends up happening with that. Boyd hasn't been perfect, though. As good as he's been, he has given up a lot of long balls. I mean, Wheeler has given up a decent amount, too, and he's in the National League in a pretty decent pitcher's park. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't really see a big difference between those two in terms of home runs. I don't actually see a big difference between those two in terms of talent. I wouldn't, I don't prefer, like if you're asking me rest of the season, who do you like better as a pitcher, Boyd or, or, or Wheeler? I don't actually think that they're very different at all. Oh, you, give me Boyd all day. How come? Hey, he's, he's been far and away better this year. Um, it's not particularly close. His swinging strike rate is right in line with that massive increase with the home runs. His control has been way better. Um, he's in the American League already. Uh, which, I mean, I don't – sometimes I think that could be overblown, but it's definitely not nothing. Um, I, I don't really think it's particularly close. He's given up more home runs per nine than, than Wheeler by a long shot, though. He's Wheeler's at 1.21, and he's at 1.6. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a huge amount, actually. I mean, it's eh, – I don't think it's that significant of a difference that's um, the difference when you consider the leagues. That's the difference between what David Price is giving up and, and what – Chris Sale's giving up this year, though. That's a lot. Yeah, I don't, I don't... I mean, it's it's not nothing, but I don't think it's enough to make up for the rest of the stuff. Yeah, I mean, the the nice thing about Boyd is definitely that he's controlled till 2023. That's 
even that, I mean, like I said, it, that's that's what's going to drive the cost up. But even like I said, the rest of the year, I'll take Boyd over Wheeler. Yeah, I I agree with you, but just very slightly. So it's not definitely not as much for me. But it's going to be interesting to see if they're able to get something done. We're going to definitely be keeping our ears uh, to the floor here and making sure that we uh, we listen for everything, and we'll we'll definitely bring it out. But we're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, we're going to see how we did with our home run predictions. All right, welcome back. All right, Matt. So this is uh, this is my rare time where I get to be a little excited about what I did. Um, yesterday, when we made our predictions, I uh, predicted that it would be an Alonzo Jock final. Uh, I was one Jock home run away from it being a Jock Alonzo home run. Accurately predicted the entire first round as well, um, and the and the winner of the event. So I gotta say, I'm Alonzo riding, was riding really pretty winning. high. Alonzo was the winner, like Justin Morneau was the winner in whatever year that was, 2011 or whatever. Was he the champ that, though? Yeah, that was the Vlad show though. We're gonna, we'll, we'll be talking about this home run derby for a long time, and we're gonna be talking about Vlad Guerrero. Not, I mean, not to take anything away from you, not to take anything away from Pete Alonso, but I mean, that was, that was the Vlad Guerrero show. Oh well, I mean, if if it was the Vlad show, it was definitely the Peterson show too, because nobody could have pushed no, him. No, that, that was Peterson the pushed him. That was. I mean, you got to give Peterson credit though. Every time sure. we went Absolutely. up, Peterson Listen, every, matched him. Every, I mean, I thought Acuna was incredibly impressive too. I mean, that guy was using the entire field was just, just absurd in the home run derby. Um, but I mean, that like we're gonna we're only gonna remember Vlad Guerrero for in twenty years. I mean, we'll remember the showdown with. Peterson, but we're gonna. I mean, Guerrero put on an absolute show in the first round too. It wasn't just that round. He's, I, I just can't get over what Vlad Guerrero did in that home run derby. It was a step above what anybody else did. It was unbelievable. <laughs> that was like the most incredible thing I've ever seen. Yeah, he came out of the gate hitting absolute rockets. Um, just everything was like 470 feet. Everything off yeah. was. It was unbelievable. I was like, I couldn't stop laughing while he was hitting. It was just, uh, I've never seen anything like that. Well, I gotta tell you, I was shocked um, when the second round came around. I was like, all right, this guy's gonna be dead from from round one, hitting twenty nine home runs, and he gets up and he just starts hitting them at the exact yeah, it same like pace. Like it didn't affect him at all. Yeah, um, and then after that, when when Peterson had a chance to go up after him, I was like, Jesus, Peterson is toast. Like, there's no way that he's going to get up there and match 29. And then I really thought Peterson was going to win that round. Like, where he ended up at the end, like, he he was on pace to beat him and then just couldn't get, I think it was three that he needed going in. He ran out of gas. Yeah, he, he totally did. Um, but then the fact that they had to go – Two more rounds after that to, to figure it out with those extra swing offs was just unbelievable. The the show that those two put on that was the best home run derby in my life, easily. Uh yeah, probably. Um objectively, yeah. I think nothing's gonna top ninety nine for me just because of my age and the fact that it was at Fenway. But I mean that was in a vacuum, yeah, that was probably the best. Uh, you could tell though that Vlad, by the time he got to the final, was just oh, toast. Yeah, he was gassed. And I mean, the, I, I think pretty much everybody was. It was weird. Alonso wasn't at all, and his pitcher was terrible. I don't really understand how. Like he didn't even seem like he did that well, but he just kept hitting. I, I was weird. Like I wasn't even that blown away. He just kept getting just enough to win. 
don't know. That was weird. That was a weird performance from him. No, again, not to take anything away. That dude is crazy strong. But it was like, it didn't even seem like he was swinging, and it was just going 420 feet. Yeah, that's the thing with Alonzo, though. It's just such easy pop. I wonder, I mean, if he had the same VP pitcher that, like, Vlad had or that Peterson, I thought Peterson's pitcher was the best of the entire tournament. Peterson had held auditions. Yeah, he did. For his pitcher, which is... I, I like that. I like that these guys are taking it so seriously. It's uh, it's very fun. It that was the whole field this year was really fun. It wasn't like they said it on the broadcast. Uh, there wasn't really anybody. Usually, there's one guy that's like by the end you're like that guy didn't really belong. That didn't really exist this time. Even like Santana, Bregman, those guys weren't like great. But I mean, in, compared to past home run derbies, those guys were pretty good. They just weren't up to snuff in this one. Yeah, I mean it's tough when you're going up guys like against Vlad and Peterson and guys whose swing is literally tailor-made for this event. You know, those guys with that clear, easy uppercut swing. I still I still maintain that Acuna was the second most impressive. I mean, what is he doing? He so many balls to right and center field. It was so weird, and it was working. Well, what's impressive about Acuna is the fact that he is the size that he is. And I remember um, yeah, he's- when he went up and hugged Bell afterwards, I was like, he looks like a little baby. When, well, when Bell is giving, a monster, too. But, right. Yeah. It's the combo of the two. But the fact that he's hitting lasers all over the field at the size and age that Akuna is, it was just, like, unbelievable. Yeah, he's – I mean, I think – I don't think this is a hot take. I think he, he'll definitely be the best player from this group um, in terms of, like, overall player. I agree. Um the the one guy that I kind of wish the the young guy that I didn't see this year in the competition that I'd like to see I'd like to see Juan Soto win this too, um, but I think we'll eventually get that. It'd be cool to see Trout in this event one day. Yeah, I don't think Trout's ever gonna do it. Um, maybe if oh, I, if they do it at the Angels Park, he'll probably do it. But um, I don't know. It kind of it feels like at this point, especially with the prize money, it's a young guys event, and Trout as crazy as it is to say he's not really a young guy anymore. Yeah, and the cool thing about this also was that um, the two guys who made it to the final are both making 550k this year. Um, is that cool? I well, I think it's cool that obviously labor issues aside, but like it's better that they're the ones that are represented in the final than like someone with a 200 million dollar contract. It means a lot more to those guys. It means a lot more to Alonzo. I mean. Vlad Guerrero, his dad is Vlad Guerrero. <laughs> I don't think money's really an issue for him, but uh, they—I mean—they were talking about it on uh, Effectively Wild today. They—they um, they need to find a way to get minor leaguers in this event and have guys that are like, this is really life-changing money for them. That would take it to another level. Yeah, that'd be cool. But um, I gotta say, I, I loved the event tonight. Overall, it was great. Um, I hope Bregman hangs it up, though, for this event. I, I love the dude's compete level, but his swing is just not meant for this thing. His it was The park, I think, didn't help either. The wall in left field, he needs kind of a lower wall or a shorter wall. He also needs, it, like, you know, some type of growth hormone to get up to 440 feet. That's just not Yeah, happening. that's the thing. You've got to be able to hit it that far. Um, but, I mean, I don't know. I love Bregman, so I kind of want to see him just for the personality. Yeah, I mean, he's got a great one, so... It was an unbelievable event, awesome, and uh, you know, I, I wish I wish Peterson had pulled it out for the, for a little added drama, but I loved seeing Vlad today, so it was amazing. 
that does it for our show. Uh, we hope you did enjoy the show. And if you did, please follow us uh, on Twitter at LockedOnRedSox, L-O underscore Red Sox. You can follow Matt at Matt R.Y. Collins. You can follow me at @devjake. You can ask us questions and interact with us there. You can also rate and review the show and subscribe to us. And you can urge other Red Sox fans to subscribe to the show. We always appreciate that. And fans of the league as a whole, tune into Locked On MLB to get an overview of what's happening in the league in just 15 minutes. So thank you very much, and we'll be with you tomorrow after the All-Star Game.